Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hour number two of the Blitz here on location. Chuck Nolfield at St. Vincent College for another day of training camp practice. We've got Jacob Recht in for Arthur Motes today. Motesy has a uh, speaking engagement this Ooh. afternoon. That sounds really fancy when I say it that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking engagement makes it seem like he's like a former Form, formal. Right? Makes it seem like Beach, he's like yeah. like he's like a former politician or maybe like a university president or something like that. You know, he chamber just... of commerce. It's like he mayor of the town. It's like he comes on the radio for two hours a day every day and has his other podcasts. Like he knows how to speak publicly. Speaking engagement this afternoon at a luncheon for Arthur Motes. So he's out today, but he'll be back the rest. Rest. Of I the don't week. know about that. I I I picked up on the uh, the penultimate joke. I could probably just fill in, and no one would know the difference, I'll right? Tell you what, it's true. Although you know where where they'll know the difference is that we spent the whole first hour of the show talking offense. And I want to continue to talk a little offense here with you. Most, and Motsi at yeah. this point would have been like, dude, all right, I mean, come on, enough with the prom kings. Let's talk a little <laughs> let's talk a little defense here. Uh, it is Jacob in for Moti today. We're having some fun, as we always do, about fifty five minutes to go until practice starts here today. So about half an hour or so from now we'll have some Steelers to start matriculating their way down the hill, as Craig Wolfley would say. Autograph Hill has a nice little crowd on it now. I'd say the bleachers are about 20% full, and uh, everybody, of course, on the hillsides claiming their spots with lawn chairs and blankets and everything like that. The rain has gone. It still looks like blue skies rolling in here. Hopefully a nice afternoon for everybody in the final week of practice. Uh, Jacob, for the final week of practice here, the Pittsburgh Steelers will not have safety Carl Joseph or wide receiver Anthony Miller, both who have sustained season-ending injuries, unfortunately. Uh, for Carl, it happened in the preseason game Saturday night. For Anthony, it happened in practice here last week. It's an ankle for Carl Joseph, a shoulder for Anthony Miller. Uh, tough break for both of those guys. Sure. Uh, I think they were both on pace to make the 53-man roster. I think Anthony Miller uh, a little more so than Carl Joseph, but I think Joseph was there as well too, having himself a, a nice camp. And you know, he's a veteran guy who can play a lot of different roles for you. He's a good guy to have. You know, is is one of those last guys on the roster who can play a couple different roles, who's experienced in the league, a, a break glass and type of emergency uh, type guy. And then Anthony Miller who was having a really good camp, who was making some plays at wide receiver, who obviously has chemistry with Mitch Trubisky from the four years they spent mm -hmm. together in Chicago. Both of those guys that was announced earlier today are done for the year. Again, an ankle injury for Carl Joseph, a shoulder injury for Anthony Miller. Um, this, to me, Jacob, 
you know, when I when I thought of that, when I heard that news, I mean, other than being bummed for my, you know, my fellow Mountaineer, Carl Joseph, uh, <laughs> now all of a sudden, I think the wide receiver picture is a little bit clearer because it yeah. felt like someone was going to get left out. Someone talented, someone who's had a good camp was going to get left out in that regard. Um, and now you kind of have the way the stars have aligned. And it, maybe with Calvin Austin's status as well, too, you know, we'll see what he looks like this week and, and potentially in the, in the next preseason game. But we all know Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, right? Those George, are Pickens, George Pickens. George Pickens. Those are the guaranteed three. And as long as he's healthy, Calvin, Calvin Austin, Austin as well, too. And let's go ahead and assume that his, his injury isn't season-ending. You know, they, they haven't stated that like they have for Miller and Joseph. So um, I It's think, also the difference is you went out and you drafted Calvin Austin Yeah, in the fourth year. round, too. Not in the sixth or seventh round. You, didn't, the fourth you round. didn't just go out and, and pick up Miles Boykin off the Ravens, uh, the Ravens waiver list. You didn't go out and you... You signed Boyk or you signed Miller last year. He barely played for you last year, but you didn't retain him on that one year. What was it? One year, one million dollar contract, something like that. Yeah. Very, very yeah. cheap deal for this team to to accept because it, it really wasn't of any consequence. It wasn't hindering them to getting any other deals done. Calvin Austin, I think maybe let's assume it's the worst case scenario, Wes. Let's say he misses half the season for this injury. He's still making this team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still making this team. You do not you do not punt on a rookie just because he has this injury, especially when you take him in the first half of the draft. When I say that, I mean fourth round and up. Fourth round and fourth, first through fourth round. So yeah, it's there's not no like way. he was a seventh round. Like, like if Mark Robinson were to get mm -hmm. cut or something like that, which I don't think he's going to either, but no. a seventh round pick. Right? If Connor Hayward, he's going to make this team. That was one of my predictions coming out of OTAs, and I feel even better about it now. But if Connor Hayward were to get cut, you know, seventh round guys, that's not a surprise. You rarely ever see a fourth round guy get cut before his rookie season. Um, even if they're even, let's say it's a season a season long injury, they're still going to find a way to keep him around on IR or, or something like that. And they'll want to see what he can do coming back from that injury. Certainly, certainly to, to get a chance to play for this team, play but, with this team. But with Anthony Miller out now, right? And and we're 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 going under the assumption here that that Calvin Austin is going to be part of this equation sure. at some point. You've got you've got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, and I think Gunnar Olszewski. Yep because of his his special teams acumen as well too. But also we've we've seen I think the bigger story surrounding Gunner hasn't been his ability to contribute to the special teams return side of things, but that he's actually 100%. contributed on the field when the offense is out there. And that's why I think he's a lock at this point. Yeah, to I'm, make, a, I'm to, right there with to, you. To make the team as well, too. I th so because I, you're right. We know he has the special teams chops, but he's shown the ability to contribute at the wide receiver position as well. I think the debate all preseason long or all training camp long has been, is it going to be Miles Boykin or Anthony, or Anthony Miller? Miller. And like you said, one of these two guys who doesn't make the team is going to be on a team elsewhere, and it won't take long for him to be signed. Correct. Because both of these guys have had a Drake, Drake, great training camp so far, but as I said, the stars aligned. Unfortunately, Anthony Miller just had this really bad break, yeah. and that allows Miles Boykin, I think it's He's a lock just as much as any of the other five guard, five guys that we've just mentioned are now. He's just as much of a lock as they are. That's you know what I I you're picking up what I'm putting down because that's exactly where I'm going with this Anthony Miller injury and him being out for the year. I think Miles Boykin now is the one that I would mm -hmm. look to and I would say, okay, it's your spot to lose. Yeah, uh, Stephen Sims, like you mentioned, he had that great return. Tyler Vaughn's. Well, well, Stephen Sims. 
specifically had the great return on the punt return, had the game-winning touchdown. Tyler Vaughn has turned some heads here. Willie Sneed, I think, is clearly in that of that trio in third place right now is really just between Vaughn and Sims between Cody White's there as well too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's a good point. He's had a pretty good of camp. that of that quad, I'm really looking only to Steven Sims and Tyler Vaughn as the two guys that could take away Boykin's spot. I think again, the only way that happens if Boykin loses it is if he has a similar injury to Anthony Miller where He's Correct. out for the year. Absolutely, I don't see him now taking a turn in this last week of training camp, and then two weeks after that of regular practice with two preseason games in between of him being him dropping off a cliff. That's so drastic that the Steelers will have to look to Steven Sims or Tyler Vaughn to fill that hole left by him, and they cut Boykin. I think you're right. I think Boykin now almost if he can stay healthy and sure and that's, has, that is. That is has good up outings. To him. Has good outings in yeah. these last two preseason games. He is starting to feel like a shoe in. You know, like you can write his name on the roster in pen instead of you know just having him penciled in. But there's still you know that opportunity is still there for those other guys too because they're going to try and keep one of them around on the practice squad. It's it's you know mm-hmm. the wide receiver position in the NFL. It's not if it's when you're going to have some it's, injuries. It's you know it's, it's it's the deepest position group in the NFL. It is. I think. I think so, certainly. I think, you know, I've I've talked with you about this. I believe there might have been a day where you filled in throughout the draft process for Moats, mm-hmm. you know, a few months ago here on the show, and you and I talked about this. I think wide receiver, it has been for the last few years, and it will continue to be for, for the foreseeable future. It's the most talented position coming out of college every single year. I mean, George Pickens was the 11th wide receiver drafted. That's so. That's a, so. We were we were talking about outliers or ex, or, or exceptions to to rules or to circumstances. That is the outlier, right? But, but DK that, Metcalf that not, was it though. I mean, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were the same way. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson was in that same draft class as they are, and Terry that whole M- Terry McLaurin? That, that whole draft. Oh, absolutely. I. You're, you just named four guys off the top of your head. And None we're of probably, those guys were first-round picks. But we're probably missing a couple of others from that draft class, as, as you mentioned, not even in the first round, that are just as talented as the others. I'm going to try to find it. I mean, yeah, Terry McLaurin was, was a third-round pick. Like, there there are wide receiver – there is wide receiver talent in spades in the draft every year. Sure. I mean, th- Pickens, just think about the numbers on that. He was the 11th wide receiver taken, and he was the 52nd overall pick. I, I'm not great at math, but I mean that's a wide receiver being selected every four or five picks. And that's because those positions are, are so loaded now. And it didn't even stop after Pickens, right? There were, they, they just, they, <laughs> there were more receivers taken after him. It's a great point by you. If, if, you, if you do those numbers for, like, through the second or third round, it's, it, I'm sure it continues. Um, to me, that's played out here at camp. I think the position we've been least concerned about depth-wise is been has been wide receiver, and you know what? You could probably even still say that in in the absence of Anthony Miller now. Um, if you know, if Steve Sims had to be the Steelers' fifth or sixth wide receiver for a game or two this season, I you wouldn't hate it. I don't think any of us are free, are panicking. I don't think any of us are are, are really worried. Um, and 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 that's a good place to be for this offense when you consider all these things that that we've discussed as themes, the state of the offensive line, breaking in a new quarterback, an offense that's going to, we all think, go in a new direction this season with a a more mobile guy under center. Um, 
it's 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 a tough break for Anthony Miller. It really is because he had a really he was having a really good camp here. Like we mentioned, he had some good years in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky uh, early on in his career. That chemistry that those two had, I think, was showing out here through the first you know two weeks or so of camp. Rough break for Anthony Miller. Rough break for Carl Joseph. But one man gathers what another man spills, and uh, Miles Boykin uh, seems to be that guy here. I'll be interested to see how it plays out on the defensive side of the football. Uh, not as much concern there either, I, I don't think. Not not a ton of concern. Again, Carl Joseph, I think, is a guy that you like to have on your roster or on your practice squad because he can uh, offer you uh, positional flexibility, as Mike Tomlin would say, right? Mm-hmm. One of those guys that isn't just shoot into one position. You know, he could play two or three roles out there in the secondary. He can play a, a role on special teams. Those are the guys that you like to have fill out the bottom of your roster. That's how you stretch, you know, 47 helmets on game day into 53 when you have guys that can kind of – uh, fill multiple roles, but those are uh, the two big injury updates, if you will, to this point. Yeah, and they're really they're they're the update was needed, right? Because yeah. they're both playing in a position of which you require depth, right? Even though the top half is is significantly significantly better than the bottom half, you still need those guys. And as you said, you would have no problem throwing out Steven Sims or Tyler Vaughn every now and again for your receiver core, right, a game or two. Yeah. If if it came to it, you wouldn't hate seeing Carl. Jo- I mean, we saw it last year. Yep, Carl Joseph have some some moments of of playing time for the Steelers last year. If he's you your, if he's your break glass in case of emergency guy, that's all right. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good. You know, break glass in it's case a, it's of emergency guy. The Steelers, as of now, as of today, barring no more in- season-ending injuries, are doing pretty okay on on that front, considering. The injuries they've had to deal with in the past. Last year, there were obviously other issues, uh, but with Stefan Tua dealing with his lower body injury, that was obvi- that was the biggest concern. That was the biggest injury bug, I think. Yeah, yeah. But you could say maybe Devin Bush rehabbing from his injury from 2020, Tyson Alu going down for the season with his injury last year, and then in 2020 losing Zach Banner in week one. This team has suffered a lot. A lot of loss from season-ending injuries. They Bud, certainly Bud have. Dupree and Devin the, Bush going the football, down in 2020. The football gods owe them some, uh, I think, some some better uh, luck. In that so regard, if this is the worst it regard. gets for the Steelers in terms of losing guys for the season between Carl Joseph and Anthony Miller. You're right. You'll live with that. Absolutely. The only thing now is that I think, again, this, the receiving core is okay without Anthony Miller because, as you said, Miles Boykin can be in there now as a sixth guy, and you can keep Vaughn or Sims or Snead or Cody White on that practice squad, and if you need to bring them in for a game or two as the season goes on, that's fine. That's really okay because there will still be wide receiver six, wide receiver five, someone who's not going to get significant playing time. You just need to have six receivers at your – at your availability, but I am concerned a little bit more with the Carl Joseph injury just because of the depth in the secondary, and the secondary overall, I think, has many more questions of can they do it this year compared to the receiving core. Certainly, certainly. I do feel, you know, there have been, like what we've seen from Trey Norwood out here at camp, like mm-hmm. what we've seen from KZ out here at camp, the new addition uh, there as well, too. Um I'm not panicked about the depth there on the back end, but I am with you. I, I would like to have Carl Joseph in the fold. I would like to certainly have Anthony Miller in the fold as well too, but the glass half full of that, as you mentioned, is if those are going to be your, your camp casualties due to injury, 
um, those are, are, are ones that, that you'll be able to survive, certainly. As much as it, add, those guys add value to the roster, um, you know, I, I don't think they were all respect to those two. And obviously, I mean, I love Carl Joseph. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't going to make or break your season. What might make or break this Steelers season, young Jacob, is the final roster, the 53. And just a few moments ago, we had the first cutdowns announced by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there was a deadline this afternoon. NFL teams had to cut their training camp rosters from 90 to 85. The Steelers have done that. They've just announced the five players that have been trimmed off the roster, as well as a new addition in terms of a signing that they just brought into camp today. We'll update you on all of that. We'll let you know those roster moves when we return here at Chuck Knoll Field. Wesley Euler, Jacob Recht, we're on the campus of St. Vincent College for another day of practice. It's all part of our ongoing training camp coverage on SNR. The youth football team of the day is out on the field at Chuck Knoll Field. You know what that means. We're getting closer and closer to practice, about a half an hour here until the Steelers get going on the penultimate to the penultimate day here. At St. Vincent College. Look at you filling both roles. You could have just you could have thrown it to me. I could have filled in the blank there. Listen, I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes uh, you know Dwayne Wade and LeBron James they don't want to throw the alley oop. <laughs> they just want to dunk it themselves. All right, uh, youth football team forming a tunnel down at the bottom of Autograph Hill. That is when you know you are getting close. That's when the anticipation really starts. It's like you know, Jacob, you went to a uh, you went to a big school. You went to a Power Five school, Indiana. We're in, the, we're in that crimson red right now. I would always, you know, before football games, like when the band comes out on the field, that's when I always start to get really jacked up because you know you're like, all right, we got about 20 minutes till kickoff here. We're close. The band's playing. The energy's picking up. And that's what, you know, the, the youth football team is like is like your band sure. out here, like your collegiate band. Sure. You had the the privilege, I guess, to have a school, go to a school where you had a a good football and basketball program. Correct. I don't know if at the time during your four years there they were both that great. Well, we won the Big East and went to the Final Four in hoops my freshman year. And we won the Orange Bowl and won the Big East. There you go. Football so you, you my, did have both. My junior year. Yeah, so, I, had, I, had, I had a very good year of each, certainly. To those who don't know, Indiana's not known for its football program. No, but much better now than they used yeah, to be. Yeah, much better now. We got a, top, we got a coach in Tom Allen. But So when you were talking about the band coming out of the football field – I didn't really have that experience. The football games weren't as high intense or, or high octane as, as they would be down in Morgantown. For me, it was the basketball sure, atmosphere. Sure. And for those who don't know the the atmosphere in Assembly Hall, that, thi- that place is rocking. Yeah. I was actually talking about uh, this with Mike Persuda last night. He says it's, it's his favorite venue he's seen at college basketball. Really? Yeah. And that means something because he's been to a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, and he, he went to East Lansing for with Michigan State, so he sure. doesn't have to be he doesn't have to admit that he likes Indiana. Sure. So for him to do so was a big deal. But when you walk into that building, no matter how early you get there before the ball is tipped, that place is rocking. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I I didn't have that. Oh, I this moment gets me ready. I guess when I was a when before I started working here, when I would go to a Steelers game. I, I, I don't know what moment. I think it was different every time I was at a game where I would just I'm want you know everyone kind of before they go to their seats they're hanging out in the lower bowl they get they get to watch the guys warm up. I think whenever I saw a guy whose jersey I was wearing, I have a Shazier jersey, I had a Troy jersey, I had a Ben jersey, a Heinz jersey. So whenever I saw my guy out there in warm-ups, whenever I could spot him, that was the moment, I think, that got me going. That was your band on the field? Yeah, exactly. I dig it. 
I dig it. Well, the youth football team is on the field. That means, you know, by the time Jacob and I go to our final break, about 10 minutes or so from now, we'll probably have some Steelers out here getting ready for warm-ups and everything. Uh, the sun is shining. It is just slightly overcast enough here to make it nice and cool. Great day for practice, if I do say so myself. Some changes for practice today, folks, because today was the first day of roster cuts in the National Football League. So here's how this works, right? It's it's not quite the same as it used to be. Uh, 90, 90 men allowed in camp up until today. Teams had to cut that back to 85 today. And then on Tuesday, August 23rd, so what, five days from now, you have to cut your roster down to 80 players. And then the following week, Tuesday, August 30th, at the end of the month is when final 53-man rosters are due and those last cuts are made. So two little small cut downs here before you get to the, the big one at the end of August, about two weeks, exactly two weeks from now. So the Steelers made multiple moves today because, as I mentioned, they also added someone to the roster. So that means they needed to make uh, six moves with that, not just get rid of five people, six if you're bringing in somebody else as well, too. Uh, the Steelers signed offensive guard William Dunkel. I tell you what, great. It's a great name. name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I could go for a Dunkel, a dark German beer right now. William Dunkel, uh, guard, the Steelers added to the roster. Uh, he was originally signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, undrafted as a rookie, uh, but was released by them in June. Played college football at San Diego State. Uh, started at right guard, 30 games for uh, San Diego State in 2021. He was uh, an All-American from the Associated Press, Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Network, and Phil Steele, who's one of the, the most tenured college football writers going. Uh, he had a very successful collegiate career at San Diego State, wasn't drafted, wasn't able to stick on with the Eagles, now is being brought in here to camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with that, right, six uh, names needed to be released from the roster or moved to IR. And they did that with the two that we were just discussing in the last segment. So Carl Joseph and Anthony Miller have been placed on the reserved injury list. That's mm. two of the six there. And then the four players that were waived that were cut today, uh, defensive tackle Doug Coston, offensive tackle Jake Dixon, the Duquesne lad, the local lad, punter Cameron Nizalik, and center Chris Owen. So, again, that is the moves, the, the six moves, if you include the signing of William Dunkel, two with Joseph and Miller uh, to the IR, and then four players who were waived today. And, again, uh, next uh, Tuesday, uh, they will have to have that down to 80 players, so cut uh, five more between now and then. Jacob, we continue to see the Steelers, they have done a lot of moving and shaking in three areas, it feels like. Yeah, so I was going to say is we're we're cutting down from number 90 to guy number 90 to not guy number 85. Should Correct. we overreact and say you bring in two new or you you cut two guys off your O-line, you bring in a, you bring in a guy for your O-line? Does that is there any overreaction by analyzing that, getting rid of two guys, bringing in another? I wouldn't say it's an overreaction. I think it's it's just a reasonable reading between the lines and that the Steelers were not thrilled, I think particularly with the interior of that offensive mm -hmm. line on Saturday night. And I think that some of the first-team guys uh, wear that as well too, but we know that they played not even the entire first quarter. So it's more so about the depth there. And they have, they have not been shy to, to turn over – uh, the offensive line roster in that regard this offseason. They've done the same with the running back position. They've done the same with the edge rusher position. 
those are the positions that we've talked about the most in terms of being concerned about depth, right? Mm-hmm. I certainly don't think that's a coincidence. No, it can't be. And Mike Tomlin talks about it all the time. The game is won in the trenches. It starts in the trenches, and that is focusing on the offensive line and defensive line, and here you go. Of the four guys that were cut in this first round, three of which play at that offensive or defensive side of the ball on the on the line, right? There was just the one punter, the backup punter, shouldn't read much into that, but yeah, I agree. A lot of turnover, I think, is the right word to use. A lot of mixing and matching, trying to find the right pieces that go together for these for these units. Now, yes, there was one defensive lineman that didn't make this round of, of, of first cuts, and I think it's okay because you know who your starting three are, and you have a good sense of... I was going to say, you know who like your first guys off the bench are, too. Exactly. Yeah. You know that it's going to be Leal, probably Loudermilk, Wormley. And, and Wormley, or uh, Montrevious Adams. That, that seven is set. So it doesn't concern me so much that this guy, so far down the roster, was, was a casualty of the first round of cuts. However... We saw what happened last year with the defensive line, how quickly it faded because of the inability for the starters to be on the field. If that happens again, you don't want the wrong people to fill in for those spots. Correct. Hopefully now you've set yourself up with going out and signing Lario, doing your best to rehab Tyson Alualu. Doesn't scare me so much to see a guy get cut from the defensive line in the first round. However, you have to keep in mind what happened last year on that D-line. It's more so, for me, the offensive line that that sparks my interest here. I completely agree. And, you know, I, I think when you look at this signing, uh, this is you know this is why you have such a large scouting department. This is why you do your due diligence on everyone out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I'm sure the Steelers, you know, they, they might have liked him as a potential UDFA coming out of the draft. Maybe he decides to go, you know, we don't – I'm not saying I know any of this for sure, but, you know, maybe he was one of the guys the Steelers were interested in, decided to, to go to Philly instead, however that worked out. Um, but he's young, 22 years old. He's a California kid. Get this, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, when I saw his when I saw his measurables here, I was like, wait a second, did I read that? I, is he an offensive guard or is he an offensive tackle? I had to go back and double check that he really is a guard because get this, six five three thirty. How many offensive guards six five three thirty? That's pretty good size there for a guard. Um, he's a big guy. Again, he started every year pretty much at, at San Diego State. He was an All-American in 2021. You know, this feels like the Steelers have had success, and yes, I know the majority of it came under Mike Munchak. That's why we had the term Munchak millionaires. But, you know, kind of like they have with wide receivers, the Steelers have had success finding offensive linemen not necessarily at the top of the draft, right? You know, yeah, they had their Pounceys and their DeCastros, mm-hmm. but they also had their Alejandro Villanuevas and their Matt Filers. Um Maybe he could be another one of these guys that, you know, we look up uh, in a year or two and he's solidified his spot on this roster. Yeah, that's the glass half full way of looking at it. I don't know how many guys. That's the only way to look at it this time of year, baby. I think that's. I mean, he's Quentin Quentin Nelson's size. That's that's a massive offensive guard, man. But looking at it from that perspective isn't unfair of you or shouldn't be criticized. Ludicrous. Yeah, because here you are. You're, ba- you're, you're trying to come back from what many consider the worst offensive line or among the worst offensive Bottom line five. Yeah. in your franchise's history, in your, in your franchise's long history, mind you. So why, why should it be frowned upon for them to say, okay, we're not going to bring these two guys back, but we're 
going to give Dinkle or Dunk, Dunkle, Dunkle. Dunkle Dunkle a shot here. Like a good coming from coming from a Power Five school at 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 San Diego State. Not a terrible football program. Not a terrible conference to play in. You 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 like to bring in guys who come from big schools, right? Those guys go up against the best opponents, the toughest opponents. So this signing really is it going to make waves? Is it going to make headlines? No. But is it going to be a nice addition for when inevitably, right? Inevitably, someone on this offensive line is going to get injured. You're going to have to look at a depth piece with Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson battling it out for the starter position, and with Kevin Dotson yet to have coming into play really significant time or, or even significant practice with his injury, if Kendrick Green goes down, that opens up the door, right, for Dunkel. And you're a lot happier with having him than you are by just continuing going through these roster cuts and just getting rid of guys far down on the depth chart on your offensive line. Young Jacob, before we go to our final break here, and I think that's well said by you. Yeah. Before we go to our final break here, you want to guess the most famous alumni from the San Diego State football program. Ooh. There's one. That, they've got a couple good ones, but there's one. Okay. That, there's one that really can you stands give me, out. Can you give me a time frame of when this guy went pro, when he graduated or left San Diego State? Uh, nine. He was so his his NFL career was 90s into the early 2000s. I mean, that quite literally could be anybody playing in the NFL from that time. If I had to, I'm not even going to try to guess. Okay, you want one, one, one more hint? Sure. One more hint. Greatest show on turf. Still, I, uh, is it Marshall Falk? It's Marshall Falk. Oh, how about that? Did you cheat over there? No, you know. had your no, phone No, I did down. not. I but, I mean, greatest I, I got three guys, really, I guess, from between Tory Holt and Marshall Falk and uh, uh, one more. They also not alumni, but uh, Joe Gibbs and John Madden both got their coaching starts there. How about that? So, pretty, uh, pretty good football program, as you said. Uh, again, a guy that was uh, a three-year starter there, 19-20-21, uh, left for the NFL after three years. Uh, we'll see if, if maybe he can uh, carve out a role for himself here on the other side. And you know what? I mentioned Al Villanueva is one of those diamond in the rough guys. Uh-huh. He had to, you know, be be waived and released by the Eagles sure. before he could come to Pittsburgh. and, and All these parallels, car- just up, like Dunkel. And, and up carving out a nice role for himself, a nice football career. <laughs> maybe Mr. Dunkel can do the same. And if he does, I mean, I see some I see some beer endorsement opportunities on the horizon. Oh, easily. For that. Dilly dilly, Dunkel Dunkel. For, the, for that young man. Wesley Euler, Jacob Recht, one more segment to go. You know what that means. We've seen your tweets throughout the show, your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. We'll get to those when we return on the other side. Final chance uh, to get involved with the program. If you've got something to say, well, you got about uh, 15 minutes to do so, or you got to hold your peace until tomorrow. We've got our first few Steelers down on the practice field, all in anticipation of practice this afternoon. It's a beautiful day on campus, and our coverage is all part of our ongoing training camp coverage. Nobody does it like we do for Steelers training camp right here on SNR. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. I'm Jamie Bordas. What makes our law firm great are a lot of the same things that make the Steelers great. We're tough. We fight. We win. We understand that it takes great preparation to get great results. We've been successful for years, yet every day we still strive to be better. We're a proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers because we're a lot like them. Oh, yeah. We also hate the Ravens. Bordis and Bordis. Fighting for justice. 
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, the anticipation is building here on the hill at Chuck Knoll Field on the campus of St. Vincent College. Ten minutes till practice gets going. We've got plenty of Steelers, I'd say about two dozen on the field, making their way down Autograph Hill already. It's a beautiful day here. The sun is out, but it's not too killer in terms of heat. Low 70s, nice breeze, perfect day for some football, if I do say so myself. Wesley Euler, we got Jacob Recht in for Arthur Motes today. It's our final segment before we hand things off to Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. They'll have the drive for you from 2 until 5, breaking down practice live as it goes on, as only they can do. Nobody paints the picture like Matt and Dale, so make sure you're keeping it locked here through the afternoon and into the early evening. But now is the time of this program where we like to get to some tweets. You sent us your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions over the last hour and 43 minutes. And now we'll use them to get us on up out of here. CR tweets us, Jacob. Oh, who? CR. He's on the tweets now. He's, he's, he's <laughs> oh, I'm hip. aware. He's hip. He's we, with it. We, the Matt and Dale are sitting behind us. The four of us combined, alone, right? That doesn't include anybody else in the Pittsburgh media. Get about 100 mentions from him per day. Well, I'm at 101, so catch up. <laughs> CR tweets us. And he says, it's great to hear the two of you work in the SNR magic. As it relates to the first preseason game, uh, CR's encouraged because they were able to transfer the good things in practice to real game actions. Not too many penalties. Good timing. Good team execution. There is still work to be done. Keep calm and wave your terrible towel. No, I, I am with CR. You know, uh, Jacob, this was one of the things Moats and I talked a, a little bit about yesterday, how – a lot of the guys that we have been hyping up here in camp, a lot of the guys that we have been propping up, that we've been telling everyone on SNR having good camps, I thought mm-hmm. they had good games on Saturday night as well too, and that is, that's always a, a nice to see them uh, be able to, to, to take that next step and make that progress. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about, right? Preseason football is just progress. You want to see your guys, you've gone out there day after day and just continue to improve. Like we, like I said, we started the show talking about the biggest takeaways, the questions that remained on offense. We talked about how the offense came out in week one. I think there was one day, West where they went 0 for 7 and 7 shots week one. That's a totally different story today uh, after especially that preseason game. Yesterday, I think the defense did a little bit better of a job, but maybe that's just because they have their guys back. Mink is out there. Cam's out there. TJ's out there. Lario is working to get his way back out there. So, yeah, defense is better, but still, you're going to see a lot. We, we have seen a lot of progress from the offense yeah. as time has gone on, I, which I, is exactly what this time of the year is for. It, it absolutely is. It's not going to be a Mona Lisa early on, and no. you're still, I mean, again, over 20 days away from the start of the regular season. Uh, that's when you get these kinks, when you get these wrinkles worked out. Steeler Nation 920 tweets us. Now, Jacob, I know um, you're pretty hip with it. You get the show. A lot of our listeners here uh, like to tweet us three questions. You of know, course. Usually, I mean, I saw it. Usually a couple of them are serious, and then the last one can be kind of goofy, right? Uh, first one here from 920 is he wants to know how likely we think it would be for the Steelers to trade for an off-ball linebacker during the season. Is he referring to a – one man specifically. A disgruntled Bears linebacker. Yeah. I, during the season, I don't think so. I think we could see movement at that position before the season. And, again, there's still about three weeks until we get there. But in season, I would say is less likely. During yeah. the season, I think would be less. If they're going to make a move like that, I think they would make it ahead of the season. I'm not so great at predicting the minds of formerly Kevin Colbert, now Omar Khan. 
which is great because I always say this this position is okay or this position is okay, and then Omar goes out, he signs Miles Shaq. Omar goes out there, he gets the deal with Deontay Johnson done, gets the deal with Micah Fitzpatrick done. So I, I have no problem not being able to predict what Omar Khan can do for this team. So from my perspective, I'll, I'll say too, I think that it seems that they're okay now with the, the triplets of the off-ball linebackers so far. If maybe Devin Bush doesn't produce to a level that you would expect a top 10 draft pick to do or to perform at, maybe you go out midseason. But again, it's probably unlikely. Question number two from Steeler Nation 920. What would your guys' backup career be if you didn't do this for work? Ooh. I don't know if I ever had a plan B, honestly. From the time I was 16 years old, I knew I wanted to do something in sports broadcasting. That's, you know. Yeah, I joined, like, the, the, the version of, like, the AV club in yeah. high school. Yeah. And then in college, you and I both did a lot of work with our, our local collegiate radio stations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's kind of weird? You know how people always, when you're growing up, you, they take make you take those tests to see if you're like yeah, left brain, right, right brain, right. and you can only be one of them, not both. I actually, which might be ironic, people think, oh, you're either like a a, a numbers and math person, mm-hmm. science person, or you're like you're, a writer, you're an arts speaker. Person. Yeah, I actually did really well in math growing oh, up. Did you? So I could have been some accountant or something. I don't know. I was I was never afraid of numbers. I was always good with numbers. I come from a family of a lot of teachers. So I always think – I think with my personality, I think I could be a pretty good teacher. You know, I could, re- I could reach these kids. That's a good, that's a good point. I, I went to the summer camp growing up. I was there for 13 years. I was on staff for seven. So I had a lot of experience with, with teaching or, or, or experience with teachable moments, I guess, to a younger generation. So I like that answer. I don't know what Honestly, I would teach. Though- yeah, I'd probably just work at a brewery the more that I'm thinking about this. Uh, oh, a, I know what I do. I know what I do. And Brian back at the ranch will appreciate this one. I'd just be a professional deadhead. Like, I would just follow Devote around. Your life, I'd follow yeah. around, you know, Dead and Company and Billy Strings and all these big acts. And, and I would You're, just I'd sell T-shirts you ever and, see and the grilled movie, cheeses in the parking lot. Did you ever see the movie Almost Famous? Of course. You can't, you can't call them groupies. They're, they're Band-Aids. They, they worship the band. That is their life's purpose, to worship the band. I'd just be, I'd just be hawking T-shirts and grilled cheeses in the parking lot at, West, at different you, shows you'd every just week. Be, you'd just be barefoot in the parking lot running around with flowers in your hair selling falafel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hobbit. Hobbit feet and all, just flowers <laughs> in my hair. My hair would be even, you know, longer and fluffier than it is now. Uh, you, you know it. Brian, Brian's picking up what I'm putting down. All right, uh, dead shows, string shows, Greta Van Fleet shows. We'll get it figured out. We'll yeah, find if, somebody if you who's on be tour. be a broadcaster, why not a professional grilled cheese seller? You know. <laughs> Honestly, similar skill sets. Uh, Final one from 920. (laughs) Wants to know, what's the best fast food chicken sandwich? Wendy's. Whoa. Listen, don't I don't I don't whoa, need whoa, it, you know whoa, whoa, we don't whoa. have to get into a big okay. debate here. Just give and me then, your answer. And then okay, you brought Brian Brian in for backup last last question. I, I know might need Jacobs. his reinforcements here. Do you consider a place like your your close to your home chicken fast food? Like I would say for fast food for the parameters of this question, it has it's to be a be place a chain, with a drive. Well, it's got to be a place with a drive-through at okay. least. Okay. Uh, see, I was going to say this this place that Brian and I both love called Bird on the Run. Bird on the Run's great, but I would not pretty, say that's yeah, fast it's food. not fast food. Yeah. So for fast food, I got it. It's pretty easy for me. I'll say Chick Fil A. Okay. I like Chick Fil A, but Wendy's. Although Wendy's I haven't had Chick Fil A in quite some time. Well, you need to you need to get that going in the right direction. I'm, I'm eating at Bird on the Run, man. You got it. Oh, so good. 
It really is, and they need a drive through just for the purposes they do. of this argument. They absolutely do. <laughs> or just a more convenient to go aspect to it. Like some I would I wouldn't like Chick-fil-A has the pre-made standard sandwiches. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, hate yeah, taking yeah. one of those from Bird on the Run or even chicken. Am am I kind of a jerk for saying like I feel like they smile too much when I go there? Like I feel <laughs> like pleasure. it's way too happy for the situation. Like you're just getting me chicken My sandwiches. <laughs> They know how happy it makes you. Yeah, that it does. I mean, the, chicken sandwiches make us all very happy. I tell you what. Are there any uh, Better Call Saul questions floating out there in the Twitter No Better spirit? Call Saul oh. questions out there. We do have a t- we do actually have one TV show question here that we'll get to in, in Answer a Answer is Better Call Saul. Uh, me tweets us. He's one of our regular tweeters. Me on Twitter. He says, Westman and Young Jacob, how we doing? Question number one, very concerned by the offensive line. However, how much can a mobile quarterback mitigate poor offensive line play? We discussed this a little bit in the first hour of the show. We, we, we in terms of in terms of your passing offense, a lot. In yeah. terms of the run game, we pointed not so out much. the examples of Kenny and Mitch escaping the pocket and how a 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger would have been incapable of doing. 29-year-old Ben did but, plenty of that. Oh, of course, but, but yeah, not it, last year. There could be, you know, the opposite to that is Ben would have had the acumen to kind of just get rid of the ball quickly or dump it off to one of the guys near the line of scrimmage you don't know with Kenny being as young as he is or Mitch being more aligned on his feet would they do what Ben did would they be equally as successful maybe they would but just getting there in a different way using their feet rather than their football IQ correct correct there's I never like using this phrase because I feel like it's so unnecessarily violent but there's more than one way to skin the cat that is violent can we come up with a better one there's more than one way to bake a there's cake. More one, there's know. more than one way to cross the finish there's line. More I than think one way to slice a pie. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Why do we got to skin the cat? I mean, leave the cats out of this. I don't know. Someone who ever made up that saying. Just I'm not even cats. a cat guy. I'm hate just saying, cats. why do we got to skin the cat? Uh, me also wants to know, what's better? Breakfast sandwich or breakfast, breakfast burrito? Ooh. I'm going to go sandwich. But that's a good one. That's a good one. Dale, yeah. breakfast, breakfast burrito or breakfast sandwich, Dale? <laughs> both, both the same. Matt says sandwich. Matt's going sandwich. I think I gotta go sandwich too. They're, the eggs get a little too steamy, and they get soft. Bagel, oh, yeah, like bagel. a good New York bagel, oh, bacon, yeah. egg, and cheese. Bacon, egg, and cheese on an yeah. everything New York City bagel. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Cool. You know what? You know what I've discovered? If you take your bacon, egg, and cheese, you add cream cheese to it. Oh, it takes it to the next level. Okay, I might have to listen to you on that one. I might have to listen to you on that one. Finally. uh Wants us to rank these TV shows. Oh, Better Call Saul is number one. There you go. I don't even need to do what, what's a ranking. I just I just have one. South Park, Family Guy, Seinfeld. Well, South Park's my favorite right, TV no, show no, no, no. of all time. This is so. easy. It's it's Seinfeld, South Park, Family Guy. I would go South Park, Seinfeld, Family Guy. Like all three shows. Like all three shows. But South Park is my yeah, favorite TV Family show. Family Guy's a tier so. below the other two, and there's still a considerable distance in between number one and number two for me. It's there. I feel like there's a lot missed there. Oh, there is. I mean, that that's that's I mean, that I could be one of those wormholes. I understand. Me is a fan of the show. He knows the time that we allow to to ask or answer questions from various listeners. So I understand giving us just a short three yeah. clip because they don't, you know, yeah, it can't be yeah. something that we're going to spend you know ten minutes on. But better call songs. No, but you get into that and you know it just opens up. Like I've got eighteen lists now of three yeah, shows right, right now. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, we could do a whole hour, and Brian could just toss us three different. Okay, Sopranos, Game of Thrones, or The Wire. You rank them one, two, three. Oh, yeah. That's easy. It's Sopranos, The Wire, and then all the way at the very bottom below 
The fiery pits of hell oh, is Game of Thrones. Oh, goodness. Just go back and watch it again, all right? The last season stinks, but the rest of it's a masterpiece. Just calm down. Last one here <laughs> to get us out of here. Sneaker Goat wants to know, Elijah, or even – this is more of a, uh, I think, a, uh, a comment than a question – that he'll be totally surprised if at the end of Final Cuts, Benny Snell is still a stealer just because his special team's ability. That special team's ability is pretty paramount to the club, I will say. He's Tom, one of those Tom core loves, special teams guys. Tom loves guys who can, can, can contribute but in more ways than one. if we don't see him here over the next couple weeks and we see more guys emerge on special teams, I think Elijah could certainly be on to something. That'll do it for us today. You hear the horn in the background. If you pick that up, that means practice is underway. Who better to paint the picture for you? Dale Lawley, Matt Williamson, a special three-hour edition of The Drive coming at you next. The only ones broadcasting live during practice out here at camp. Thanks to Brian back in the studio. Jacob here on Thanks site. Thanks for having for me, filling pal. In with Mozi. No, it was fun today, buddy. Always is. Uh, two more practices to go, so you know what that means. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at high noon. You always know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.